0: Well, good morning, church family. I hope that you're having a good morning so far. As Kim said, it has been a great uh, morning here at the church thus far. Group link at 9 a.m. was awesome. I believe in God for more of the same. Uh, Just excited for all that God is doing in our church. I hope that you sense uh, that God's doing a new work. He's doing a fresh work here at GT and... God's always up to something new. He's not. God is never bound by what he has done. God can always do something new in our lives. Somebody say amen to that. Come on. Um, so listen, before I jump into the message today, I just want to kind of dangle a little bit of a bait in front of you for next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday on the 25th, I'm going to be starting a new preaching series called God of Miracles. And we're going to take six weeks from this next Sunday until Easter Sunday morning And we're going to explore some of the most notable miracles of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in the Gospel of John. And I want to invite you, uh, of course I want to invite you to be here. Especially, uh, again, we welcome you online. So glad you're part of our faith community. But if you are able to be in the building uh, for these next six weeks, I I don't think you'll regret it. Uh, God can move anywhere. God is not limited by space and time. But if you are able to be here, there's something special happening in this room. It happened just a moment ago. And and we're going to believe God for miracles in our church. Can somebody agree with me for miracles in our church? We serve a miracle-working God. He was not limited to miracles in the first century A.D. God still moves in mighty ways today. And so I want to invite you to come with expectation. Now, I, I say that all the time, and I won't stop saying that because I believe that there's an atmosphere that's created by our faith in this room. And I want, I want you to come every Sunday with expectation, believing that God can and will do something in your life, in the life of your family, and in the life of our church every Sunday that we gather. So, man, I'm excited for the God of Miracles series. I hope that you will plan to not miss a single week, the next six weeks of church. Listen, it's, it's winter. Like, this is the best thing going on right now, right? So listen, church is always the best thing going on a Sunday morning, praise God. So um, let me ask you a question before I jump in. What are the settings or the environments in which you easily feel provoked? I, I think you can probably relate to me. Can anybody give me a witness and say, you know what? I feel most easily provoked when... I have to wait in line for something. Anybody? I got any non-waiters in the room? Come on, you, you hate to wait. Whether it's the grocery store, whether you're at an amusement park and the line for the roller coaster is too long, or you're Disney World, or you know you're waiting and you don't want to wait. Or how about traffic? Does anybody get easily provoked in traffic? Come on. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. And worse yet, if there's traffic and you're running late to where you got to go, then you're really like agitated, provoked, right? Oh, man, that's true provocation. I, had to, I, I made this long road trip on one day. I drove, to, I drove from Camp Hill from Mechanicsburg to Washington, D.C., back to, to GT Church in one day, and there was crazy traffic, and I had to get places. It was, I was really provoked that day. It was a really rough day for me. And, and if you're a type A You know, even sitting at a restaurant, you can get provoked if your food doesn't come out within the expected amount of time that you think your food should arrive. Can somebody say amen, preacher, right? And we need to be gracious, right? We need to always, always, always be the aroma of Christ. My wife sometimes lovingly reminds me of that at a restaurant when I'm feeling a little bit agitated by the fact that our food took an hour and a half at the International House of Pancakes. I don't understand, right? so what about when, when people, you know, jab at you, when somebody insults you, when somebody's rude to you, when somebody disrespects you, when somebody is impatient with you, doesn't that provoke you a little bit? Don't you feel a bit agitated, irritated, annoyed, frustrated? You know, there's all kinds of situations where we can feel provoked in our life. Can I tell you this, that the Bible there's a place in the Bible where it actually encourages us to provoke one another. It actually tells us to provoke each other in a certain aspect of life. I know you're dying to know what that is, so I'm about to read it to you. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 24, the writer of Hebrews said, And let us consider how to provoke one another, which literally, this literally means to agitate or to incite. Like when you hear the word incite, it simply means to incite to anger, you incite a riot, right? It literally means to provoke one another to love and good deeds. So if God bless you, if you and I are going to provoke each other, the Bible says that provocation should be towards love and good deeds. And it goes on to say this, not neglecting to meet together together as is the habit of some. Now, for me to exhort you to be in church every Sunday, you're here, this is like preaching to the choir, but I wanna exhort you anyway. I believe it is essential for every single person who calls themselves a Christian to be in church every single Sunday when it's possible in your life to be in the church house. Can somebody give me a hearty amen? Online, I'm I'm talking to you too. Like, I know that there's times where it's better and it makes more sense to be online, but there is something about meeting together, the Bible says. And we are, the Bible says, to provoke each other, to come to the church house, to be in the house of God together. The Bible says that some are in the habit of not meeting together and we're to provoke each other to meet together together. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's a kind of a provoking, a provocation that's good. It, we're to provoke each other to love, to good deeds, and to meeting together as the family of God, as the body of Christ. We are to spend time together. And my bottom line today on this groupling Sunday is this. If you want to be a biblical Christian, now that, you might argue that's an oxymoron. Why do we have to say biblical Christian? Just go with me today. If you want to be a biblical Christian, you need to be in biblical community. You know, in my life, you know, through the different seasons of my life, there were times where I had an abundance of opportunity to drift away from God. When I was in college, I went to a secular university in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I pledged a fraternity. And I I can just tell you this, that the opportunity to drift away from my life in Christ abounded. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to wink at you, you know, and tell you, like, there were opportunities to not honor Jesus with my life. The same was true in my life in minor league baseball. I played minor league baseball with the Indians, now the Guardians, I think they are, for three years. And um, in three years of minor league baseball, there were were plenty of opportunities for me to stray from my faith in Jesus Christ. And church, the one thing that kept me, other than, again, other than the work of the Holy Spirit, there was a thing that kept me close to God. It was because I was connected to other like-minded believers, both in college and in the minor leagues. And those men of God in close community with me helped to preserve and protect my faith in those seasons of life. And I believe it is essential for not just those seasons, for every season, for you and I to be in close proximity in biblical community with other believers who share our values, our mindsets, a biblical worldview, just to be together and to spur each other on, to provoke each other to love and good deeds. And so... I want to share a message, a very brief message. Again, like last Sunday, our intent is to dismiss this room early so that you have time to kind of walk around the atrium and and look around and see all the groups that exist and find your fit, find a group that's right for you. But for the next 15 minutes, I want to exhort you in the Word of God out of the book of Ephesians. This is a book written by Paul the Apostle in probably around 60 A.D., Uh, This is one of the prison epistles. Paul wrote several letters from a jail cell. And he writes to exhort the believers to unity, to stay together, to be unified, to stay close to Jesus. And he also writes them to to, to encourage them to to fight against the attacks that would come against them from the outside looking in. So here are some words for us today on this beautiful Sunday morning in Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 11, it says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So Paul lists five particular gifts. Last Sunday, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We looked at a whole list of spiritual gifts. And I want to reiterate to you, like I said last Sunday, I believe that every single child of God has at least one spiritual gift that God has imparted to you, installed in your operating system that he wants you to use for the church, for other people and for the kingdom of God. And if you haven't yet discovered what that gift is, I want you to stop by the serve desk today, stop out in the atrium, talk to one of our pastors, our staff members. It is important for you to discover your place and your fit in the body of Christ. And it's rooted in what God has gifted you to do. And Paul says there's five other gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. These are called the five-fold gifts, the ministry gifts. Some call them the equipping gifts or the motivational gifts. And these are given, here's the reason God gave these gifts. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. God has equipped some people in the body of Christ as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teacher to build and equip God's people for works of service so that we could all grow together in verse 13 until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Church, I want to tell you this morning that God's will for you is listed right here. What does God want for every? single one of us following and listening to Jesus and His Spirit. Here it is. He wants us to grow in unity, in faith, in knowledge, in maturity, and in fullness in Christ. That's the will of God for your life. There are no exceptions. You know, there are times where there are rules given, whether you're at work or in a social setting, where, where somebody gives you a rule or a guideline. And there are times, if we're being honest, that we make ourselves, ourselves the exception to the rule. You know, like, you know, you kind of do this math in your head. You're like, you know, that, that applies to everybody else, but I don't know that that really applies to me. And you make yourself, silently, you make yourself the exception to the rule. Can I tell you, church, that there is no exception in this passage? This word that Paul gives is for every single believer in the house of God. Every believer is called by God to grow in their faith, to be in unity, to have knowledge of the Son of God, to grow in maturity, and to reach fullness in Christ. That is God's will for your life today. Can somebody say amen to that? God wants all of us to grow in unity. And then he says in verse 14, and then we won't, so as we grow together as a body of believers, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I, I preached a message a few weeks ago in our Reset series on January 21st And I preached a message entitled, Reset Your Worldview. And I encouraged us as a church to work very hard to fight against the ideologies and the philosophies of this world around us from infiltrating our church and our individual lives. And I promise you, this is not an easy task, but... When you group up together with other like-minded believers who share your, your biblical mindset, who share your values, your ethics, and your worldview, it becomes much easier to fight against, not again, not in an antagonistic sort of way, but simply to fight against to preserve your biblical mindset and your worldview. I don't think I have to tell you, but I'll say it again anyway. We live in a very pluralistic society. What does pluralistic means? Pluralism. It means there, are, there is a, a number of other religions of ideologies that, that fill the landscape of our culture. There's pluralism. There's more than one truth out there. There's more than one way to get to God. There's, there's many ways that the world would say. And the only way, one of the best ways for you and I to, to combat the pluralism that attacks us is to be connected together with other believers in a close biblical community that we would call a small group. Paul goes on to write this instead, so instead of being blown about by the, the winds of, of doctrine that that run around our culture, instead speaking the truth in love, let me let me just pause there. Some of you believe in speaking the truth, but you're not doing it in love. This maybe you need to mark this verse to memorize it. We are called to speak the truth. In love, When you deliver truth to somebody, when you deliver truth to a brother or sister in the Lord or to somebody who's not even following Jesus yet, can I encourage you to make sure that you're delivering truth seasoned with love, wrapped and enveloped in the love of Jesus. When, when, when people hear truth, they should sense that you truly do love them and you want what's best for them. Not combative, not speaking down to them, patronizing them, condescending them. Speak The truth in love. So Paul writes, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow again, this idea of growing to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. There's that talk of the body of Christ again. You and I are the body of Christ, we're the bride of Christ. From Him, Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There's this picture of the body of Christ. Paul uh, writes about it in 1 Corinthians 12. He writes about it in Ephesians 4. And it says this, Paul said that each part would do its part. Every I said last Sunday, every single one of us discovering what God made us for and discovering where we fit in the body of Christ so that we can have fellowship, care, support, accountability, spiritual growth, love, support. We need those things in the body of Christ. Every single one of us fitted together as God has designed us to fit together. God is longing for you to find biblical community. And then Paul said this, grows and builds itself up. There's this picture, you know, in a few minutes, Tony's going to have the group leaders that are in this service, he's going to have them stand up. And we're going to recognize and celebrate those who serve as shepherds in this church. Because the Bible says that we build ourselves up together, growing together in Christ, we build one another up in our most holy faith. To grow to maturity, to grow in our relationship with Christ and to be held together. The bottom line today, again, is we, we will be biblical Christians when we get into biblical community. If you want to grow as a biblical, Christ-centered follower of Jesus, you need to be in biblical community. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. So I want to introduce you. Before I bring Tony out, I want to introduce you to somebody. Okay, can I do that? I'm going to bring somebody out here. It's my puppet friend. No, not really. Um, I'm not a puppeteer, but I did, yeah, seriously, a plant. So I want want to introduce you to Lazarus. This is Lazarus. Um, I met Lazarus about 12 years ago. Now, I found out after the first service what kind of plant this is. Does anybody know what kind of plant this is? A green one. It is, and that's significant, Vince. Thank you. Because it wasn't always green. This is called a defembakia, because we have a master gardener that was sitting in the second row and the first service, and she told me what it is. So I met Lazarus about 12 years ago. We had a family in our church, Dave and Jane Booth, uh, who they were moving to New Jersey, and he had a big desk that he wanted to donate to the church. And um, so he called me, they, they emailed me, they said, hey, Pastor Scott, do you know anybody who would like a desk? We're moving to New Jersey, we can't take this desk. It's this massive like horseshoe shaped executive style desk with like the credenza and all that. And so we went, we went over there and looked at it, I'm like, oh, that's a nice desk, I'll take it. And so then they had, they had a table and chairs. I'm like, I'd like that too. So this day was in January. I'll never forget the day that we picked it up. About 12 years ago, we had a super cold spell in winter. Every day for like four days in a row, it was in the single digits. And the, partic- the one day that we went to pick up the desk that I used for about nine years in my office, um, it was one degree outside. One degree. How many love that weather? Come on, anybody? Some of you do, Okay. So, one degree, it was so cold. How cold was it? Thank you. It was so cold that the humidity on the inside of buildings was freezing on the insides of the windows and the doors. So, when we pulled up to this office building, it was a small one on Park Road, they had a glass front. Every single piece of glass had frozen moisture on the inside. It was that cold, it was one degree outside. So we go in, we get this desk, we had to disassemble it, take it in parts. And Jane said to me, she's like, hey, Pastor Scott, do you guys want a plant? I'm like, no, I don't want a plant. Like, I I want the desk, I just want the desk. I I want the table and chairs. She's like, well, take the plant. I'm like, okay, we'll take the plant. So I take this plant, I put it in the back of the truck. We we had this little 12-foot box truck to get the desk. We load up the desk, the table, the chairs, and the plant. Pull down the, the door on the, the truck and we proceed to drive back to the church. It was like a 10-minute drive. But on the way back, we decided to stop at Mama's for pizza. How many know that you need pizza when you move? Come on, somebody. Like that's like in, in the Bible somewhere, right? Like thou shalt eat pizza when thy move the house. Anyway, so we stop at Mama's for pizza. Hour, hour and 15 minutes later, we pull into the church. We lift open the, 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 the sliding door of the truck. And there sits this plant. I'm like, oh, my word, the plant, the plant. They gave me the plant. And the plant was one degree. Now, if you don't know anything about plants, plants don't like that change of weather. Plants don't do well, typically, in harsh, extreme changes of temperature. When I opened that door, this plant was brown. It was wilted. It was dead. I'm like, okay, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> like... Jane gave me this plant and I killed it within an hour. Like, that's not cool. So I'm like, you know what? I I can't tell her that like I was dumb enough to store a plant in the truck when it was one degree. So I'm like, I'm going to take the plant and I'm going to put it in my office and I'm just going to pray over this plant. I did. I'm not ashamed. I'm kind of ashamed to say it, but I, I did. I'm like, you know what? Like the tongue holds the power of life and death. And I can speak life over. Jesus, speak to a fig tree. Let me just, I'm in good ground right here, okay? So Jesus spoke to a fig tree and cursed it. So I spoke life over this plant. I mean, you know what? I'm going to speak life over this plant. And after a couple of weeks, the plant started to turn green. It started to come back to life. Thus, we named it Lazarus because Lazarus has been with me ever since. Lazarus, we also call him Laz for short. Lazarus. Probably 20 years old, they had the plant for a few years and then I adopted the plant, um, birth certificate and all. Lazarus has been with me. Now he lives at home in our kitchen and uh, he has come back to life. He is thriving. I mean, somebody after 9 a.m. said, I don't know, he looks kind of dead to me. No, this is thriving. You should have seen him in the back of the truck. He was dead to ride. Why am, why am I saying all this? Here's, here's the point. Psalm 92. If you're with me, still say amen. If you don't think your pastor's crazy, say amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. So this is what Psalm 92 says. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. How will we do that? How do the righteous grow like a, how do they flourish like a palm tree? How do we grow like a cedar of Lebanon? Planted in the house of, of the Lord. Amen. Amen. How do the righteous thrive? How do the righteous flourish? How do the righteous grow? Planted in the house of the Lord. Planted, planted, planted. That means you grow roots. That means they go deep. That doesn't mean just Sunday morning. You come in Sunday morning. This is amazing. I love these moments. I love the large gathering of God's people, but there's something different uniquely different about planting yourself into biblical community, getting into the soil of growth around five or six or 10 other believers who who want what you want. They wanna grow in their faith. They wanna flourish in the house of the Lord. And when you get planted in the soil of biblical community, church, I promise you, it will produce flourishing and thriving in your life. He said this, "'The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Vince said it, this is a green plant, fresh and green. This plant wasn't always alive. This plant had died, but it came back to life and it's still planted in the soil that I picked it up in. And church, what we want for you it's not, what, it's not what we want from you. It's what we want for you. We want you to be planted into biblical community, planted in the house of the Lord and in large gathering every Sunday, be in the house of God, come next Sunday with expectation. But we want to help you get planted into biblical community that, community that you will flourish, that you will thrive, that you will grow like a cedar of Lebanon and that one day when you are old, it will be said of you that the righteous will never be forsaken and you will be fresh and green because you've been planted in the house of the Lord. Amen, church. Well, I want to bring Tony out. Tony Roman. Come on, Tony. If you don't know Tony Roman yet, Tony is hey. our Groups Director yes. at GT Church. We love Tony. Um, if you didn't see her on social media oh, this week, my you gotta check it out. Tony gave a, an incredible performance Stop. on it was humiliating. social media. In fact, we probably should demonstrate. Go ahead. Go ahead and demonstrate. When Tony was done with her part on social media for our little video on Thursday, she gave a little march around the city. She's, a- like, she's like... Uh, don't Stop. post that video! Don't post Wait that video! I'm
1: stomping around! I where it came from because I never throw a tantrum. I don't understand why I did that. He threw
0: a tantrum, and we got it on video, so it exactly. was because it was I powerful. I sincerely
1: thought I was like, oh, this is not going to be posted. We could do a number two, a second take. Obviously not. It no, was once no, and like, done. no, no,
0: no, <laughs> no. One take, Tony. One take, and we post. Yep.
1: Well, I'm here to redeem myself, guys. I'm here to redeem myself. Come on. <laughs> How are we doing? How are you guys? Good? You good? <laughs> awesome so guys let's talk a little bit about group link um no we're actually going to talk a lot about it today we just heard an incredible message about the importance of being uh, connected in community and we have lads up here to show us and all that which is great but you know uh, when during the week just so that you guys know like when our pastors are getting ready to bring the message on a Sunday morning they'll release you know the, their message to um those of us on staff to help make sure that Sunday service runs excellently for you guys And when I was reading Pastor Scott's notes, the simple but so profound being a biblical Christian needing to be in biblical community and it's something that could have been easily just read over quickly but I was like wow Lord to be a biblical Christian to let the word of God be what guides everything that we do everything that we say Amen. everything that yeah. we think everything about us so that when we're in the community when we're in our jobs when we're with our families when we let the word of God penetrate ourselves and then we become salt and light and people start asking man what about about you is different and we get to point them to Jesus it is so much more fun and so much more powerful and so much more deeper when we get to do that with other people that are doing the exact same thing looking mm-hmm. at the Bible as a source wanting to be salt and light wanting to be that person that we can point people to Jesus too so today we get the opportunity to be able to find that biblical community for ourselves and I'm so so excited for that so guys if you received and uh, you received the pamphlet when you guys Walked in, correct? If you did, can you just wave it to me, just so I know that you have it? Beautiful, good stuff, good stuff. So, listen, we're going to talk a little bit about how we're going to be able to get connected to um, to groups today. But before we do that, Pastor Scott spoke about our group leaders, and listen. None of this can happen if these people didn't say yes to the call for being essentially frontline pastors and wanting to pour in and share what God has done in their works with everyone else. So if you are a GT group leader, would you mind doing me a favor and stand up real quick? And guys, as they do that, can we give them a round of applause for saying yes to the call and just pouring into all of their groups? We cannot do what we do here at church without them. Our mission here at GT, oh my gosh, look at them get so emotional <laughs> we can't do what we do here at church our mission at gt is to reach people and grow together in christ and they carry the grow together in christ so well mm-hmm. and guys you get an opportunity to be able to carry that so um gt group leaders if you are participating in group lead, go head out to your tables guys we're gonna go out and meet them in a little bit but they're gonna get ready to get prepared for you in a couple of minutes so as they go out to get ready We're going to go and look at this pamphlet really quickly so we can talk about the different ways that you guys can sign up for a group. So the first way that you can do that is simply in person, in pen and paper. So after we get done, we're going to actually end service a couple minutes early today so that you have a chance to go out and participate in group link. When you do that, well, before you leave this place, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide your steps directly to the group that you need for this season of your life. These groups are here for such a time as this, and you are sitting here for such a time as this. And what God has for you for you, He is a God that never fails, and He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He fulfills all His promises, and what He has for you could simply be right out there at one of those tables. So I want you to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, guide me to the group mm, that you want me good. to be a part Amen. of right now in this season of my life, okay? So when you go out there, ask the group leaders questions. They cannot wait to meet you, so ask them, what does God put on your heart about your group? What are we going to be studying? When do you meet? Where do you meet? All that good stuff, and when you feel like, yep, this is my my group, then I want you to go ahead and write your name and your content info right on the sign up sheet that's on their table so that they can give you more information after that. Okay, so pen and paper is one way, another way is online. So, our online family, you guys can join right now as well. We have a group link page, gtchurchonline link, where all of the groups that are out there will be listed there. Group link is open for two weeks, guys. So, you have two weeks to be able to join a group. I do want to encourage you though, try to sign up sooner than later. It's simply because our group. Groups are in high demand, and I want to make sure that every single one of you get the opportunity to join Biblical Community. So you can go online. You see this little G T or this QR code down here? If you scan that, that can take you right to the group link page as well, so you'll be able to sign up there. So those are your two ways that you'll be able to sign up for groups, pen and paper and then online. The group link page is going to be open until the 3rd of March, so we have two weeks to be able to do that, okay? But just make sure that you can go ahead and check that out. So before I get off of here, I just want to highlight some groups for you so that you know what's out there and that you can check them out. We have our couples class that Pastor Scott and Kate have been (laughs) Mm -hmm. leading for what 19 years, we figured out. Probably 19, 20 years. Uh Almost 20 years. They have helped over 700 couples, probably even more than that, have thriving marriages. This group isn't just for struggling marriages. This is for anybody. So whether you are in a committed relationship looking towards marriage, if you're engaged, newlyweds, or if you've been married 30, 40, 50 years, this group is for you. If you want to learn the foundational principles to have an awesome and thriving marriage, a godly marriage, you're going to want to check out couples class. We have Financial Peace University. We learned uh, a couple of weeks ago we had Joe Sangle here where he was talking about his I was broke now I'm not and the financial learning experience we had. If you are, if that ignited something in you that you really want to learn how to live a life debt-free, that you want to honor God with the provision that he's given you, and you want to be a faithful steward, learn how to balance a budget and invest and all that good stuff, then you want to check out Financial Peace University. That's an eight-week class, and that's right next to the couples class right outside these doors over here. And then we also have a group that's very near and dear to my heart called Growing Together. And that's an eight-week group that we have here where you get to learn those foundational principles to have a thriving faith. Faith walk. You're going to learn how to have a life on fire for God. You're going to learn how to read the Bible, how to study it. You're going to learn how to pray. You're going to learn how to share your story and so much more. And not only that, you're also going to learn what we believe here at church. So if you've ever wondered, like, what is the backbone of GT? You're mm, going to want to go on. to growing together because our pastoral team comes and they come in rotation and they teach us the 16 fundamental truths of an Assemblies of God church. So when you are out there and you're being salt and light and people are wondering about what's going on in you and you tell them that you come to GT and they ask you, oh, what do they believe there? You're going to be ready and equipped. So check out Growing Together as well. We also have groups out there if you wanted to hike. We have a hiking group out there. If you will, if you are interested about like the different personalities and characters of people in the Bible like Peter and Paul and our character traits and how we can honor God in the way that we were wired, you want to check out the groups out there. Um, we have another group that if you really want to learn about being intimate with God and being in his presence, you want to check out intimacy out there. We have groups... Couples groups for you, we have groups for men. Fathers, if you're looking to raise up godly sons, we have a group for you. Moms, we have a group for you. If you're a senior looking to hang out with other senior citizens and go to places like Sight and Sound and have dinner together, but really live out your life sold out for Christ, we have Eagle Fellowship. Young adults are on fire. Our 18 to 25 ministry as well is on fire as well. So you usually hang out over there. <laughs> Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is that there is a group for you. Don't let this divine appointment pass without you taking advantage of this opportunity to be connected to biblical community. One thing I forgot to mention in 9 o'clock that I want to make sure that I mention here is that we have people that are leading support groups that went through some stuff. But they made sure that they didn't get stuck in that, but that they allowed God to use Mm -hmm. that and bring glory to him. Mm -hmm. So there's some people there that maybe have gone through abortions, that have gone through divorce, who have their spouses have passed away. But God has healed them and brought wholeness, and they want to share that with other people. So if you are in a situation right now that maybe the season is a little bit difficult for you, please check out our support (laughs) groups. They are very... Very crucial to what we do here at the church. So guys, I'm done. I'm going to step off so that Pastor Scott can continue. And I'll meet you guys out in the atrium. (laughs) Love you guys. All
0: right. Love you, Tony. (laughs) We are going to give her just a minute to get out to the atrium and our group leaders to be ready. But... Uh, we're going to do like we did last week, last week with Servlink. And maybe, maybe what you're feeling stirred to is that, you know what, I, never got, I was never able to connect to serving. Maybe you're already in a group. Many of you probably in this room are probably connected to a group. You, are, you already have your tribe and your, your group of people that you're connected to. Just walk around, just fellowship, enjoy the, the morning. Maybe say hi to your group leader, but then make sure that we make room for those who haven't yet found their group to get to the tables and to sign up and to discover their fit. But if you haven't yet, sign up to serve. It's not too late. Like You'll have two weeks to sign up for groups. You still have another week to get connected to serving. Stop by our serve booth on the way out. We'd love to have you connect in that way as well. So I want you to stand today. Uh, parents, look at me, parents. I need eye contact with all our parents. Uh, your kids are still in ministry, birth through sixth grade. Uh, your kids are still being ministered to. And so you have... 13 minutes yet until you need to go pick them up. So use those 13 minutes, not for a bagel and coffee. Walk around, find your group, get connected, enjoy some fellowship, pray for somebody, whatever that is. But again, you've got some time. Everybody, this is, we're releasing early so that you spend some time walking around fellowship and find a group for yourself. I want to read this again over us, then I'll pray. In Psalm 92, the Word of God says this, "...the righteous will flourish like a palm tree." They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. And I pray that that becomes true for every single one of us, that we get planted in the house of the Lord, planted and established in biblical community where we thrive and where we flourish in our faith. Let's pray. Father, today... We're so grateful for a beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you for the body of Christ. I'm so grateful for this church, for this amazing, beautiful group of people, God, who comes and worships you, Lord, who wants to grow in their faith, who wants to honor Christ, to be ambassadors of Jesus, to be salt and light, to be the aroma of Jesus around us. I'm so grateful for this amazing group of people. And I pray, God, that today, Lord, that you would already be moving in our hearts by your Spirit to direct conversations that are about to happen in the atrium, that you would have divine appointments that would happen today, that you would supernaturally move in such a way that every single person finds their fit in the body of Christ. God, help us to flourish and help us to thrive together as we grow in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. I love you. Listen, if you need prayer, our altar team members are always ready for you. So before you walk out to group link, if you want some prayer for something in your life, just come this way. They'd love to pray with you. Have an awesome day.